Clap your hands all over this building. Oh, you can do better than that. Clap your hands all over this building. You can do better than that. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. For the Lord our God is awesome, and he is worthy to be praised. God bless you. Good morning to you. We give praise, reverence, and obedience to God who heads our life. He authors and finishes our faith, and he gives us gifts which are good and perfect to the angel of this house, the watchman who stands on the wall and cares for those who call the Good Hope Church their earthly church home. Put your left and your right hand together for the gift that is Pastor D.C. Cofield. Come on, Zion. Come on, give God praise for the angel that rests here in this place to all of the leadership and all the reverend brother and sister clergy and to all of you my father's children we bid you peace in his name can i get six people to tell your neighbors just good to be here amen i am grateful i am humbled i am honored to be standing here at this moment and i recognize that this is a privilege and i understand that i'm not here because there's a dearth or a lack of preaching or word in this place. I recognize that, so I didn't come to do anything other than to say yea and amen. Now here is a couple things that I'll get right on to the task that, that rests before me, and that is that quiet people scare me, amen. Amen, so I like y'all already, amen. Amen, so it's, here's the thing about it, if I say something that makes sense, you holler back at me, I'll holler back at you. Amen. And all is going to be well. I'm excited uh, about being here and um, we, we have a, a time that is before us. But I believe, I believe that there's something that God wants to do in this room for the people who are in here. Can I get two people to tell somebody sitting next to you, say, you know what? I believe God getting ready to do something special right here at the next 30 minutes. Go ahead and tell them. Tell them. Go ahead and tell them. Amen. Amen. It's just practice. Amen. Amen. The other thing you need to know about me is I have eight closes. Amen. I, I close eight times. Amen. So when I tell you, say, now I'm getting ready to close, you can say, that's one. Amen. Amen. And then by the time you get to seven, say, now he's really about to close now. Amen. That's it. And so I, I'm excited, beloved. It was a wonderful time at eight o'clock. They blessed my life, the people who were here at eight. It was a reciprocating experience, and God certainly did something for me. Hopefully, they were blessed in the process. Whenever you have a service and a celebration for a leader such as you have here, it's always indicative of the caliber of leader uh, that you have because they never experience anything that does not become transferable to the people who they lead. I'll say that again. They are not selfish in terms of their leadership or their service. That's why they always make sure that there's nothing that's provided for them that's not made available to the people they serve. Amen. And so for 25 years, there has been leadership here that is exemplary uh, here in, 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 in Good Hope Church. And, and God has, I don't have anything to say that is exclusively uh, to Pastor D.Z. Cofield, but I come, if you will, to exhort him in the leadership role that he has. But watch this now to encourage you and maybe to present the opportunity to excavate out of you a leadership role that you have negated. Maybe there has been some things that God has called you to do 
that you have not done. And so through the process of exhorting Pastor D.Z. Cofield, you will be encouraged to excavate that which is in you and get it, if you will, out of your belly into the earth realm. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying here? And so you ought to come, beloved. You ought to be here today with the mindset that you just want to be encouraged, if you will, to excavate something. Can you just nudge your neighbor and say, you need to get it out of you and get it into the earth realm. Amen. Because I don't want to be mad with you. Because there may be something that God has told you to do that was intended to be a blessing in my life. Oh, I'm going to say that again because anybody said that. There may be something that God has told you to do that you need to do because it is intended to be a blessing in my life. And so I don't want you to carry anything that's supposed to be a blessing in my life back to heaven. Undone. Amen. Amen. And so, so, so this morning we started with uh, the, the, the characteristics of courageous leadership is where we were. I read for, uh, for those who were here at 8 o'clock from Exodus chapter 3, looked at verse 13 and 14. Uh, for this group, I'm going to look at Exodus, but it's going to be Exodus chapter 14. And I'll read one passage here. And, uh, and, and, and then we're going, to, uh, we're going to move. I'll do a quick a synopsis overview of what I talked about this morning, the three principles, tie them in because they'll make more sense uh, if you know what was said earlier. Uh, Exodus chapter 14 and uh, verse, um, verse 12 reads this way. Is this not the word we told you in Egypt saying... Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Dave, that sounds good there. That, that, that he says, look, it would have been better for us if you had just left us there in Egypt than to die here in the wilderness. Characteristics for courageous leadership. This morning, beloved, I talked about, I'm conscious of my time, talked about real quickly, uh, that, 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 that you have to understand that it takes courage. I'm looking at this crowd here. It takes courage, beloved. A characteristic of courageous leadership is that you must be able to stand bare before God in a place of position and power. Remember? Uh, when Moses was called, he was called because God interrupted his sedentary, customary lifestyle. Can I get two people who don't mind talking back to me to say interrupted? See, see the thing about it is, is that sometimes those who have become comfortable in their everyday routine are prime candidates for God's assignment at another level. And sometimes, beloved, the fact that you can't sleep at night has nothing to do with bad dreams and indigestion. Sometimes it's the fact that God is disrupting your comfort zone. Somebody here needs to understand that when Moses was walking by, he had had 40 years of the same thing, taking care of what belonged to somebody else, saying about something that was not his in a place that he did not belong. 
And there God now presents to him a bush that was burning, not consumed. And now he comes and he's disrupted. He says, let me turn aside and see what it is this site. Somebody here uh, this, this morning, this second service, needs to understand that the things that are going on in your life that are now making what you are accustomed to looking at potentially not no longer interesting could be the disruption of God because he's trying to get you on another pathway. He calls Moses aside, calls him aside, and now Moses has to go up and see, watch this now, what this side is. He stands before God, watch this now, he stands before God, watch this now, and God says to him, take the shoes off your feet, for the place that you're standing, my God, is what is holy ground. Now, he's got to bear himself, I didn't have time to talk about this this morning, but now Moses has to take the sandals off his feet, watch this now, that are accustomed to trotting the same path. And God says, take the sandals off your feet because what you're wearing is accustomed to your old habits. Stand before me in bare feet and recognize that the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Nobody hear what I'm saying? See, God wants the part of you that your habits hadn't worn out. Uh, I'm about to talk to the folks up here in the, in the balcony. See, 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 the thing about it is, is that sometimes we are afraid to stand before God and put before him that part of us that our habits have not worn out. God says, respect the fact that I'm standing you in a position, in a place of power, that now I'm getting ready to send you to do a whole other thing. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. I got to get real quick through this. The second thing is this, is that, is that he says now, Moses says, oh, all right, I accept the assignment, but I need to know one thing. Who are you? Watch this. It's about to get interesting. See, see, the problem is, is that here's the second point. A lot of folk, a lot of you have not been courageous enough to accept the assignment because of this. Watch this. Get this in your spirit. Because what God is calling you to do requires you to know him at a level that you currently don't know him. I, I, I'll say it again. Uh, God, God is saying to you, you're saying, God, you know what? I do that, but I don't know you like that. I don't have that experience. I don't have that background. I don't have that education. I don't have that anointing. I don't have that title. And God says, I know what you don't have, but I also know what I plan for you to have. And some things, beloved, you cannot get when you matriculate the halls of higher education. You can get education and knowledge from school, but you get wisdom from God. That's the last time I checked that was in the Bible. If any man desire wisdom, let him ask of God who give it to all men liberally, and what upbraideth it not? See, you're sitting there, beloved, because you don't have the degree. Maybe God says that you can't get the degree until you obey because you may give the credit to what you've learned instead of the credit to who you know. And sometimes God wants to put, there are three people that are sitting right in this section right here. God wants to put you in a tough place and he wants you to obey him so he can prove to you that it wasn't by you. It wasn't by power and it wasn't by might. I can't get nobody to help church with the preacher, but it's by my spirit saith the Lord you got to understand he says so watch this a courageous leader is one who accepts the assignment watch this even though they don't know God like they need to know him in order to execute the assignment that they've been given here's, here's the third point and I'm almost done right he says now look here's the other thing 
The other thing, that reason why you won't accept the assignment, and this is probably applicable to this crowd because I'm looking at this crowd and, and, and the, the, the makeup of it, because the place he's calling you to does not have a complimentary testimony about you. In other words, he's calling you to go do something in a place that knows stuff about you. Yeah, the people at the, at the, at the 8 o'clock service looked at me strange uh, when I had them tell this to their neighbors, so I'm going to have you do the same thing because you need to be as uncomfortable as they were. Uh, you, you, I need you to just, just, just nudge your neighbor and say, neighbor, everybody ain't lying on you. Oh, ain't nobody want to let me go back up here. Ain't nobody trying to have church with the preacher. They, they see, 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 somebody, uh, I'm sorry, so, somebody may be lying, but, but can you just point, if, if your neighbor mad with you and I tell somebody across the aisle, say, everybody ain't lying on you. You got to, you got to, some stuff they've saying is the truth. And God is calling you to go back and take up an assignment in spite of your truth. Sometimes your history is not enough to justify not walking in your destiny. God knew what you were going to do before you did it. Ain't nobody trying to talk back to me. And he calls you anyway. See, you got to have an answer for people that want to throw up your past. When people throw up your past, you need to just tell them God knows that already. Huh? So whoever else you tell don't matter because the one that has the last say so, he knows that already. I'm trying not to raise my voice here. You got to understand that you got to stop letting folk bring up your yesterday and assassinating your tomorrow. There he says you got to understand that and that's the problem. Courageous leadership, beloved, says I got to accept an assignment that is not necessarily complimentary of what I've done. Now, here we go. That, that was, the, that was the, the, the review. Let me, let me get on to the next place. Now, all of a sudden, watch this. Watch this. The passage that I read now has the children, oh my God, in another place. They are now not at pre-engagement. They are at post-engagement. Now, Moses has gone back to Egypt and he has delivered a message and has become the lone ambassador for God in a hostile environment. Can I get you to push the person in front of you in the back and tell them stop looking for so much help in company. Sometimes you got to do it by yourself. You don't hear what I'm saying. See, you, you don't hear what I'm saying. See, you, you, you got to stop always needing a posse you can't always need a group you can't always need your homeboys and your homegirls sometimes you got to do it by yourself I, I discovered Dr. Ernest is that there are too many people that need too much help sometimes you got to learn how to trust in God my God I feel something right here you got to learn how to trust him by yourself. You can't always have somebody go with you. Huh? I, if I had time, I'd talk about Gideon. Gideon had 22,000 of us going to kill him because they were afraid. The first 
person, the first spirit that God gets rid of out of your life when he gives you a big assignment is the spirit of cowardice. The first people who abandon you are always the one who are afraid of what it is you're called to do. Tell your neighbor, stop chasing scared folk. You don't like me. Stop chasing scared folk. He, let them go. Dr. Ernest, let, let them go. It's all right. They may be in your family. Let them go. They, they may be at your coworkers. Let them go. They, they may be people you grew up with. Let them go because they are afraid and scared folk will hurt you. Watch this. And so now, watch this. Now, he comes. They are post-engagement. He has gone back as the lone ranger. He is the lone ambassador. He is the one that has come and given the message. And now, watch this. Courageous leadership has the ability, watch this now, to become the commander-in-chief of warfare resources that don't make sense to ordinary people. I'll say it again. Courageous leadership are people that have the courage to become the commander-in-chief of warfare resources that don't make sense to ordinary people. When God got ready to fight Pharaoh, he didn't fight him with people. He fought him with frogs. Ain't nobody liking me. And lice. Huh? And dark. Ain't nobody liking me here. See, the thing about it is, is that sometimes you got to trust God to give you weapons that don't make sense to people. Last time I checked, maybe it's not in the Bible now, but he said the weapons of our warfare, talk back to me here, are not carnal. But they are mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. See, people don't understand. How is it that you can encourage yourself just by shouting? How is it that you can just wave your hand and all of a sudden you start to feel better? Thank you, Mother. I feel like that right there. How is it that you can get up and shout glory and stuff changes in your life? You better hit somebody and tell them, I got a different warfare, baby. I got a different warfare. Because you got to understand that when I close my mouth and let God fight my battle, things change. Head up, boy. You got to understand that he comes. He comes and he says that I'm the commander in chief. I've got some weaponry that folk don't understand. I need some of y'all to realize, beloved, that you're trying to fight on the common level of the people who are around you. But I dare you to get to the place where you know how to go in your secret closet. There's got to be somebody south of downtown that know what a secret closet is. Can you just push on your neighbor and ask them, do you have a secret closet? Here comes when I go in my secret closet, I go in there and I shut the door. And my father, eh, my father who sees in secret, hey God, he rewards me openly. Can I, can I borrow about five seconds of your time? Can you just hit somebody that ain't got it yet and tell them, baby, I'm still here, not because of what you see on the outside, but because of what happened in the closet. I'm here not because of my education, but I'm here because of what happened in the closet. Oh, you finna start something in here now, doctor. You got to understand here that when God knows when you know how to go to the closet, things change. Yeah. 
Baby, shout at somebody in the next section and tell them I'm a citizen of the closet. <laughs> don't you get confused. I'm a citizen of the closet. Don't you, don't you start acting like you knew I'm the citizen of the closet. I'm almost done. I'm watching my time. Watch this here. Watch this here. Watch this. He says that my weaponry, my weaponry is not ordinary. Courageous leaders understand that they've got to have the courage to become the commander in chief. Watch this now of an arsenal that is not common to human folks. I want to encourage some of you all. There's some younger generation folks in here. I want to encourage you to get a praise and a worship before you turn 50. Ain't nobody want to talk back to me. I need everybody here that's under 40. Can you just raise your hand if you ain't made 40 yet? Raise your hand. Be happy that you're young and you don't know nothing. Raise your hand. Huh? Raise your hand all over the building. If you sit next to somebody, if you sit next to somebody that's got their hand up, you tell them you get a praise and a worship before you turn 50. You learn how to bless God before you turn 50. You learn how to give God praise before you turn 50. Because by the time you turn 50, demons ought to tremble when you head to the closet. You ought to be able to walk in a hospital room and sickness say, well, I might as well get out of here because here she come. I might as well leave because here he come. I heard she been praying. It looks like my time is over. Holler somebody say, get you a worship. He says here, you have to learn how to use your warfare. I'm almost done. Now here it is. Watch this. <laughs> Pastor Cofield, courageous leadership is leadership, he leadership now that uh, has to re-familiarize and reintroduce God to a generation that's only heard about him through their four parents. Ain't nobody trying to have church with the preacher. See, see the thing about it is, is that when you have a church that has the illustrious history of a good hope church that has impact and influence in the third world community that had stamina, stability, God, and reputation and power, resources and competence and capability, that does not come just because of the current generation. It comes because some people whose shoulders you standing on knew God before you were born. Courageous leadership. Watch this here. Courageous, courageous leadership, beloved. It makes sure that it accepts the assignment of introducing God, refamiliarizing God, reconnecting God to people who've only heard about him through their ancestors. You missed what I just said. I am biblically substantiated. Come here, Moses, and tell me the conversation that you had with God. He said, I asked God. I said, God, when I get ready to go back and tell them, ah, 
who sent me. I want to tell them that it's the God of their fathers, but I don't know your name. But you don't understand. Israel, watch this. The only reason why Moses has been summoned from the ridiculousness of his routine is that Israel's cry has disturbed God. Here's your problem. Your problem is, is you've been crying out to God. He sends you the answer, but you don't like the response. Can I get 12 people to have church with the preacher for just a moment and tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I want to warn you of something. The answer you're looking for is going to cost you something. Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead and talk to them. Go ahead and talk to them. See, 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 the thing that you're asking God to do, he's going to give it to you, but it's going to cost you something. You ain't going to get out of this one free. You're not going to stand by the sideline and watch God bless you anyhow. This one is going to cost you something. Stay with me. He says, the only reason why I'm here, Moses, the only reason why I'm disrupting you is because I've heard oh, the cry. Hey. I've heard. I wish I had a Bible reader here. I've heard the cry. Now I'm responding right, to the cry by sending you. Huh? Every Sunday, God responds to your cry and sends you a Pastor D.Z. Kofi. You missed what I just said. See, you can't wait for God to drop down in the middle of your situation. You got to ask God to send the word that will respond to your cry he says I'm almost done I have one point after this and then we're going to do a call and I'm done watch this he says I've sent you because I've heard their cry now watch this you are going to be required to know him for yourself now just hit somebody and tell them no more living off grandmama's prayers. Tell them no more living off granddaddy's prayers. No more living off of the sister's prayers that prayed you through. You don't hear what I'm saying here. It's time for you to get your own testimony. It's time for you to get your own prayers. It's time for you to get your own praise. It's time for you to have your own experience. It's time for you to have your own testimony. It's time for you to have your own exodus. It's time for you to have your own empowerment. It's time for you to have your own deliverance. It's time. And God says, I've come down because I've heard the cry. Watch this. Now here's, can I put, I said I had one more principle. I need two. Let me do two more. I got time. I got nine minutes. Let me do two more. Now here's the other thing. Watch this now. Ah, it gets real good here. Watch this now. Courageous leadership. Now he says, look, I've got, I've got somebody that I'm sending, Jesus, and I'm reintroducing you 
to God of your fathers and you're going to know him for yourself. <sighs> Here's the deal. Courageous leadership. Watch this now. Stay with me. These are not just alliterations. These are principles. Courageous leadership is leadership that opposes the opposition to the objectives that God wants to accomplish in your life. Stay with me. It opposes. Dr. Kofi, can I walk down right here? It, it opposes the opposition. I only have one more. After it, it exposes the opposition. See, see, the thing about it is, is that courageous leadership won't let you not do. <laughs> courageous leadership will speak the same word that it knows gets on your nerves until you comply. See, see, Israel said, we told you to leave us alone. And you would not relent. I'm watching my time. You would not relent. You insisted that God said we could be free. You forced me into liberty beyond what was my first choice. You missed it. Stay with me. He kept going back. Watch this. Because although Israel did not hear Moses' command that says God said you could go. God said the only thing that they're going to respond to is when what's holding them tells them I'm through with you. I need five people to get this in your belly. Tell your neighbor God is about to beat on the thing that's holding you until it tells you it's through with you. And you better hope it ain't nobody that's trying to hold you because he about to beat on them. He about to beat on your addiction. He about to beat on your pride. He about to beat on your arrogance. He about to beat on your poverty. He about to beat on your sickness. He about to beat on your disease. Everything. He realized you're not going to leave until what you are allegiant to tells you I'm through with you. You ain't going to leave. And some of you are still stuck because your warden has not granted you pardon although your God has set you free. 
I'm going to the north side now. Uh, you need to understand here. I just need about 12 folk. I'm beginning to feel at home here to shake your neighbor like you're going to shake them up out of your seat and tell them, say, neighbor, you better get it ready because that thing that's been holding you is going to be beat down by God and eventually it's going to beg you to leave. about five people up there in that balcony you wonder why God stopped talking to you he stopped talking to you because he's talking to the thing that's holding you He stopped talking to you because he's beating on that thing that's holding you. Don't you know that's my child? Don't you know I got a call on her life? Don't you know I got a call on his life? Don't you know they made in my image? Don't you know they fearfully and wonderfully made? And sooner or later, baby, point at somebody and tell them they're going to beg you to leave. They're going to beg you to leave. They're going to beg you to leave. And before you leave, they're going to bless you because you left. I'm done now. That means I got two more. Watch this. We're about to do an altar call. We're going to need some music and all of that. I'm going to close next time I come. I ain't going to close today. I can, but I ain't going to close today. Watch this here. Now, when you get out, Here's Dr. Ernest, you can use this one. When you get out, God <laughs> stands you in a precarious place. Can I use a couple of folk? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A demonstrations Okay. What else? Come stand right there. Just stand right there. Right there. Right there in the middle. Face this way. My brother, right there. Yeah, yeah, you, you big. I need some. Yeah, come stand right there. <laughs> Face him, just face him. Yeah, now see, see, God now knows that you're not real warfare ready. Ain't nobody liking the preacher. Just hit your neighbor and say, he knows you really ain't ready to fight. He knows that, he knows you ain't. So what does he do? Ah, what does he do? Ah. He now puts you in a place and courageous leadership, here's the point, excuse my back, courageous leadership makes you stand still when you ought be running. Courageous leadership says I know you want to run but you stand still I know you want to quit but you stand still I know you sick of church you sick of people you sick of your job 
you sick of your family you sick of your poverty you sick of your disease. I know you want to run but you stand still and some of y'all won't heed my voice so I'm going to make running impossible <laughs> What's that chasing you? Pharaoh. What's that blocking you? Mountains. What's that awaiting you? Impossibility. I promise you I'm going to shout. What's chasing you? Pharaoh. What's blocking you? Mountains. What's facing you? Impossibilities. But you better hit your neighbor on your left and your right and tell him, but you better not run. Well, you tell him you better not run. You tell him you better not run. If you run backwards, Pharaoh gonna kill you. If you run to the left or to the right, you're gonna die of resources loss. And you're gonna die of not knowing how to navigate a bad circumstance. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to embrace my impossibilities I can't get nobody to help the preacher here I'm supposed to embrace well my time's up so let me give you the end of the matter God when I didn't know you and you called me through disruption introduced yourself to me and told me where my authority came from I came and I realized and I recognized that you had a plan and I went and told the people what you said you fought for them and sent your power and you beat what was holding them and their oppressor gave them permission to leave and now the oppressor is chasing them. Mountains are blocking them. And impossibility is before them. And I've told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What say ye? If you told them to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, the salvation has always been with you. Lord, where is it? It's in your hand. in your hand what's that in your hand All right. it's a rod you remember in chapter 4 what I did I told you to take the rod and throw it on the ground 
And the first time you saw me work, it scared you. And then I told you, don't ever be afraid. Just make sure you handle it with care. Y'all going to get that on the way home. I'll say it again. Don't ever be afraid of my power. Just make sure you handle it with care. I'll say it again. Don't ever be afraid of my power. Just make sure you handle it with care. Which simply says here, grab it by the tail. And when imposters come into your environment and when counterfeit anointings comes into your presence, throw down the authenticity of my empowerment and watch me devour everything that ain't real in your life. He said, I gave you what you needed before you left Egypt. I'm done. I gave you what you needed before you left Egypt. I'm done. I gave you what you needed before you left Egypt. Your issue is that now I put you in a place where you couldn't run. And the only thing you could do is embrace impossibility. I need 16 people to hit your neighbor. Say, today I need you to embrace impossibility. I, I, come on, I got to go. I need you to hit somebody and tell them I need you to embrace impossibility. I know you don't think it's possible, but I need you to embrace impossibility. Stretch out! And watch me cause the impossible to open up in front of you here's my last to you with Pastor Cofield's permission I need you to hit three people and tell them these words run to the impossible hit three people run to the impossible run to the impossible Clap your hands and give him glory. 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 It's 1134. The service is already set. I'm going to beg three minutes. If you're here and you know you're afraid, you haven't done what you're supposed to do because the only thing that's in front of you has been impossible. I want you to throw your hand up. Just throw your right hand up and say, you know what? I acknowledge that. That's me. I didn't do it. Just put your hand, your right hand up. That's all. I just want to agree with you in just a moment. Just put your right. I didn't do it because I, I thought it was impossible. I was stuck. What was chasing me was about to kill me. What was on the side of me was hindering me. And I didn't do anything. Not realizing that what I needed was in my hand. All along. So with your right hand up, I put my right hand up, which means I'm agreeing with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, for your people who've heard your word, for those who are honest, and declared, God, yeah, that they shunned and shirked moving forward because they viewed it as impossible. I declare that their stretched hand symbolizes and represents their readiness to move forward, open up the ways that they never knew, bring them resources that they never had, and give them people that they never considered. Thank you for courageous leadership. In Jesus' name, clap your hands like you love him.